Wait a minute, I hear something. What's happening, everybody? Welcome back to the show that's on the road. I, just, I was going to say something, and I just totally lost what I was going to say. Uh, welcome back to Dr. Movie. And uh, got another classic for you. Again, we are uh, knee-deep in the Stupid Movie Club, where we are covering movies that uh, are kind of classics, but not in a artsy-fartsy kind of way. Uh, they're just kind of low-ball comedy movies and to me today's is super special uh, this may have set me on the track of really enjoying these gutter ball type movies I think it really starts here and it's none other than the Kentucky Fried movie I don't think people understand the significance of this movie uh, it really is the spoof of all spoofs. To me, this is the crown jewel. It should be on the very top of the crown of, uh, of zany comedy movies, especially spoofs, because this is where it all started. This is where the rubber hit the road because it's the Zucker Brothers' first thing that they ever did. It was actually a play. When they were college kids, they wrote this play which were all these little comedy skits, and they would go out and perform these across campuses. And it became so popular, they decided that uh, it should be a movie. And matter of fact, the person that decided that was the director of this movie, who is John Landis. Now, come on. If you don't know who John Landis is, then do you really watch movies? Because, I mean, he's just one of the most prolific, controversial, in a way, uh, directors there is. It's made some of my favorite movies. And it all starts right here, folks. 1977 comedy flick, the Kentucky Fried movie. Um, you've got all kinds of star cameos of the, the people of the times. Let's see. we got a synopsis here. A collection of no-holds-barred satirical sketches spoofing TV and movie cliches, including celebrity cameo appearances. Um, I'm going to have to find a list to walk me through each one of the skits so I don't mess this stuff up. Uh, do we have a wider watch on this? It's a 6.4 out of 10, which is kind of where I expect it to be. Um, okay. <laughs> Why to watch? It's lighthearted, raunchy, and satirical. Uh, how do you have lighthearted and raunchy in the same sentence or the same three words? I don't know, but there you go. And all of those pretty much describe this movie. It's mainly a must-see for those who appreciate the guilty pleasure of very vulgar, often sophomoric humor. Absolutely. Again, this, this is kind of the start of that, that. Let's just say you couldn't make this movie now because you would offend everybody. <laughs> um... This is a movie that goes for maximum laughs and pulls no punches when it comes to offensive and racy humor. Absolutely. Uh, again, it, it, it's that mindset of if you can't make fun of yourself, who can you make fun of? 
or you know what kind of life are you living if you're offended by everything you just got to get over it right um quick laughs crazy parodies the insane way the segments are edited together due to lack of money well you say that but it's really supposed to be more about if you turned on your tv and just stayed on a regular network station that's the whole idea of this. You turn on the TV, it starts off with a with a, a morning show, kind of like Good Morning America or you know CBS to, or what was it, NBC Today or the Today Show. It's that kind of kickoff of this thing, right? You've got certain uh, characters that kind of pop up throughout the entire movie that are tied into either the TV station or the movies. Um, I really need to find a list of the the skits so I don't skip anything. Let's talk about a cast real quick. Well, come on. Well, first you got, like I said, the Zucker brothers in here. You got Jim Abrams, uh, John Landis that plays the gorilla. You got Evan C. Kim, which I brought him up uh, just recently in another episode. What movie was that that he was in? Uh, Caveman. We got, I mean, Donald Sutherland, uh, Tony Dow from the original Leave it to Beaver, uh, Han Bong Su, who plays Dr. Klon, uh, Steven Stucker, which is the guy from the airplane movies that we all love. You got Henry Gibson. I mean, it's George Lazenby. That's right. Clytus himself, Bill Bixby, Marcy Goldman. I mean, it just goes on and on. It's just random, uh, just popping up on the screen. And there's a total reason why, because they're making fun of certain commercials, and they wanted the people that were actually in the original commercial to kind of play it off. Uh, oh yeah, there's also uh, Rick Baker did the, created the gorilla outfit, right? Which begins that relationship with Landis and Rick Baker, right? Well, actually, it started with Schlock, but. Uh, so many people in this that you've seen in stuff over and over again. Uh, this is Leslie Nielsen's in this. Tina Louise. I mean, it's just crazy. So hold on, let me let me see if I can find a list of the skits. Yep, couldn't find an actual list, but here's kind of what you get. I talked about the TV uh, morning show thing, which is hilarious because you get this uh, this lady that's bringing animals on, like. You know your your famous animal handlers, animals handlers that would come on and showcase things, and she brings in this little hamster, and she's showing it, but then she, <laughs> and the guy's like, well, I understand you have something else, and she's like, that's right, and she just takes the hamster and just throws it behind her, and it hit, and it sprawls out and hits the wall, <laughs> and I'm telling you, it's it's that quick humor, like airplane, all that stuff. This is the beginning of all that, and they bring in this gorilla. And they're talking about them having trouble getting him mated. And the thing is, it's like the gorilla can understand what's being said. And they said, well, surely, you know, a big gorilla like this can find a mate. Oh, well, I think the problem's more personal. And gorilla gets upset. They keep saying these things and he gets pissed off and he starts wrecking the studio. And they try to cut away and go to another segment while the chaos is happening in this part of the studio. They go to this other lady. And, of course, things are happening there. And then, of course, the gorilla breaks through. You, I mean, it's just chaos. And then it cuts away to like a TV commercial. And I, I, I'm not exactly sure which one, but you get all these commercials. You get a fake 
beer commercial where Hare Krishna are celebrating having a great day of handing out the pamphlets and all this stuff and they go out and drink Willer beer, right? So it's like a Miller commercial, which looks like, and they even get the voiceover guy for Miller beer to do the voice. And so just straight up parodies, you got a, a black exploitation, uh, Cleopatra Schwartz, which is making fun of Foxy Brown, Cleopatra Jones, uh, but being Jewish. Uh, let's see, you get, uh, gosh, there's so much. There's the uh, Feel Around Theater, right? Guy sees a sign that says this movie shown in Feel Around. It goes in the theater. There's very few people there. And uh, when he buys the ticket, he goes, well, you are aware this movie is shown in Feel Around? And he's like, yeah, okay. So he goes and has a seat while he's sitting there, and Usher comes up behind him and stands directly behind him. And he notices everywhere else where he goes, wherever a person is sitting, there's a, you know, a person standing, like a worker there at the theater behind them. And the movie starts, and everything that's going on on the screen, the person behind them starts doing to the person in the chair. Like, hey, what's that perfume you're wearing? And <laughs> he'll pull out this thing of perfume and just spray it like on the dude's popcorn. And the dude's like choking to death because it's like right in his face. Hey, watch where you're slinging that cigarette. And he brings in a torch and like hits the guy's arm with it. And, you know, it's just crazy, right? And it gets through this movie where it's this couple that are fighting. They're, they're arguing over the, the man having another lover. And they end up, she's going to kill him and slit his throat. And, of course, the guy's in the chair with a knife to his throat. And he's freaking out. And at the end of it, when the movie goes off, the screen goes white, and a, and a voice comes on and says, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like you for you to stick around to our next presentation for Feel Around, Deep Throat. And dude goes, Wah! and he jumps up and runs out, and then the guy that was behind him, that was doing all the stuff, kind of frowns in disappointment. So, I mean, you know, again, the type of humor that's in this, right? Uh, we get a spoof of a sexploitation film called uh, Catholic High School Girls in Trouble, <laughs> which is iconic. Um, but it really boils down to the big movie. It's a 77, so 74, 75, you had the release of Enter the Dragon, and they do a 20, 25-minute spoof of Enter the Dragon, which is... Uh, to me, it's just gold, especially if you're a fan of Enter the Dragon. You know these scenes. I mean, they are riffing this thing hard, and it is great. Uh, they talk to the Bruce Lee characters like, uh, so uh, we, we want to hire you to go to this, uh, to this place and, and uh, stop the bad guys, infiltrate, uh, fight in the tournament, destroy the... the you know, this business they got going on and retrieve the, uh, the captives to us. He's like, look, I don't, uh, I don't appreciate things like this. I try to stay in my, mind my own business. I owe my allegiance to a higher order. He's like, yeah, but you got the chance to kill 40, maybe 55 people. And he goes, oh, cool. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. So <laughs> I'm not going to ruin the ending of it, but the ending of it goes somewhere totally different. There's so much great stuff in this. And, uh, like, Dr. Klon, he's the bad guy, right? The Bruce Lee movie bad guy. And they bring in this guy that's a spy, and they cut his head off, and he goes, now take him to be tortured, <laughs> right? 
and you get the scene where uh, the next guy comes in. He's like, uh, something special for you. And he's like thinking he's going to cut his head off or whatever. He's, you can torture me all you want. I'm not going to talk. He goes, send him to Detroit. And he's like, no, not Detroit. Anything but that, right? Because <laughs> they're making fun of just how bad it was to live in Detroit at the time. The murder capital of the world. Um, so it's, again... If you like Zucker Brothers, if you like parodies, if you like the Naked Gun movies, this is where it started. And I dare say, you can't really do it any better. I was in a band that was named after this movie because I was such a fan of it. And I got all the guys in the band to watch it. And we, I mean, they all just fell in love with it. And we watched it continuously. This is in the 90s, by the way. And uh, we were looking for a band name. I had brought up Apollo Creed. Now, this is before Creed was even a band. And we almost went with Apollo Creed, which would have been a great name for all you Rocky fans out there. But we were watching Kentucky Fried Movie, and there's a scene where it's a... What's the the thing called? Uh, Welcome to the world of sex. It's an it's an album that plays that tells you how to do how to have sex with a woman play by play, right? So you're supposed to put this on, be with your mate, and do exactly what the record says, which is hilarious. At the end of it, because something happens, uh, because of a failure, this album is equipped with Big Jim Slade. Yep, Big Slade is a former tight end Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, comes with assorted whips and chains and a ap- sexual appetite that'll knock your socks off. <laughs> I can almost quote this whole thing. Uh, Big Jim is satisfied women all across the land, and the capital of Nebraska is Lincoln. I mean, <laughs> that's the humor you're getting with this thing. Well, we ended up calling the band Big Jim Slade. And uh, there you go. And it's because of this movie and just the impact that had on us. Um, there are several things you, you get, you know, specific commercials they're making fun of. Frying frying the cat in Nessanol instead of Wessanol. There's um, <laughs> the scene where the woman's watering your plants. She's like, I was so embarrassed when the ladies came over from Bridge because of the lingering odors in our house, right? Which was a, I want to say a stick-up commercial back in the day. I mean, this is a stick-up, those things. Uh, Glade. It might have been a Glade commercial. Anywho, it, everything just goes off the rails with this thing. But I really have to say, the last skit, which is called Eyewitness News, and it's like you turning on TV and you're watching the news. Actually, it's this couple. They're sitting there and they're, you know, getting a little friendly with each other. They turn on the news. It's called Eyewitness News for a reason. But the guy and girl start going at it. They start getting naked and the the TV guy can see them. And he's trying to read the news and keep it all together, but he keeps calling other people on the screen so they can see what's going on. And they start hooping and hollering when things are happening. And then all of a sudden, they'll look up and look at the TV, and they're like, uh And then back in China, that's what's going on with those people in China with the Chinese. So they're just, you know, it's, it's great. It is great. And uh, I, to me, this is... This is the gold standard of spoofs. Everything that we like is a derivative of this movie. It all starts right here. If you have not seen this movie and you like 
the Naked Gun movies, if you, which is still Sucker Brothers. So it's it's in the same formula. Airplanes, the airplane movies. Um, but everybody is trying to be the Sucker Brothers. Like when they did the Hot Shot movies, the Scream movies. None of that happens without this movie. This movie, and I'm sure there's other parodies, but not put together like this. This was a, a game changer. So, um, I, I 100% recommend this. There will be things in here that probably offend you. I'm just going ahead and say it. It's just because there is. I mean, because, again, it, it's kind of like South Park. They didn't care, you know, um, who they offended. They were making a joke, right? And this thing runs deep with that. I mean, there's some things in here you're just like, wow, I can't believe you know, that they actually got away with this even back then. So, uh, you've been warned, but I'm telling you, this is, and it's, it's, it's rough, it's, it's low budget, but this is the start, and, and again, I, I don't think that you get any more bold and uh, to the point like this one does versus everything else. I, I think South Park is a really good comparison of pushing the buttons but also saying hey it's it's just a joke guys don't 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 get so riled up it's just a joke right the fact that they're making fun of pop culture of the time which hits home with me because this is my time period right I mean I was I was only seven years old but most of the things they're talking about the commercials all that these were the things we were seeing that they're making fun of um, Having the the star-studded you know cameos that come in, I think just makes this thing work even better. Uh, there's a spoof of the catastrophe movies, the apocalyptic movies that we had in the, all through that. Well, even Airplane is a, a ripoff of that stuff, right? But they had one called That's Armageddon that's in this, which is is great. Um, I I can't say enough about this one. Do yourself a favor; it's on Tubi. You can watch it for free. Um, I just think it's the standard. Uh, actually, Amazon Women from the Moon, which a lot of people are probably more familiar with, is actually the sequel to this. Uh, they were actually going to call it Kentucky Fried Movie Part Two, and but they decided to change that and go with Amazon Women on the Moon. But it is from the same minds. It's, it's, you know, I, I think one of the Zucker brothers was involved with that, not both, and that may be why they didn't call it Kentucky Fried Movie Part Two. But that again kind of tells you where this humor is. Uh, I love it. I absolutely love it. And uh, I'm swimming in raw sewage, and I love it. Uh, we do not have that world without this movie. So do yourself a favor. Check it out. Watch these kids play a version of life that's called Scott Free. We're talking about the assassination of a president. So they're really using the game of life, but using the JFK assassination as the game piece. And it all comes down to spinning the board and seeing if the if the if the public believes you or not. Yeah, I mean it's it's stepping on a lot of toes here, and done so well. All right, folks, five out of five. I mean, easy all day long. I can watch this on repeat. Uh, if if I was asleep, and you were my alarm clock, how would you wake me in the morning? Mm, I wouldn't. I'm no dingaling. I mean, just, there's so much stuff in this movie that's ridiculous. Uh, High Adventure with Claude Lamont. 
<laughs> and it's a Jacques Cousteau kind of guy that they're, <laughs> they're riffing on. It's just gold. Uh, I don't know what else to say. You just need to see it. If you have it, shame on you. Uh, if you see it and you get offended, then shame on me. But I just think it's, this is, uh, I don't know. This needs to be, the, the horn needs to be tooted on this one a lot. Because it does some things that we just take for granted now, right? All right, folks, that's it for this one. I hope you enjoyed it. Let me know your thoughts on this. Uh, if there's other movies that need to be in the Stupid Movie Club, let me know. We'll try to get them in here. All right, folks, adios. Adios. <laughs>